John chapter 16, uh, we're going to uh, begin with verse 12. Uh, we have been teaching on the subject of the Holy Spirit, the person, the work of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us today uh, as the body of Christ. And so uh, we have, in the last couple of weeks, talked about uh, the Holy Spirit as our guide, uh, the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. And we looked at a verse of scripture in a few verses in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit leads us as children of God or as those who belong to Jesus, those who are born again, children of God. So he says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God or sons of God. And then in verse 16 of the same chapter, he says that his spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit uh, that we are the children of God. So the way that the Holy Spirit uh, identifies you to you, uh, that you are a child of God and gives you that confidence, that assurance, or uh, that awareness that you're a child of God is by an inward witness. So we have said that the first and the foremost way and the primary way that God leads all of his children is by the inward witness. So through this inner witness or inward knowing or inward confidence or inward peace or joy on the inside, you have assurance that this is God's direction for your life. And so the inner witness is simply what it says. Inward witness is just a witness within. Uh, it's not necessarily... Uh, in words, but sometimes just a witness that you know, that you know. You're confident, you're assured that this is the direction for your life. It could be in the smaller areas of your life, in the lesser decisions, or in the larger decisions, in the major uh, decisions of your life, or decision points of your life. And so the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in the larger or smaller matters of life. And so, uh, he leads you by this inward witness. Now, then we looked at a verse of Scripture in Proverbs 20, verse 27. It says, The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So he said, The Spirit of man is the candle, or other translations say the lamp of the Lord, or you could say the light bulb of the Lord, or it's the place that God lights up. When it comes to your vision for your future, uh, the plan of God for your life, the Holy Spirit enlightens your spirit. Your spiritual light comes on, and you are aware, and you're able to navigate in life. In other words, when you have light, you're able to navigate more effectively, right? So the Holy Spirit gives you light, and He does it where? In your spirit. He lights up your spirit or your candle or lights up your inner man. And with the knowledge of God's will or the plan that he has for you or the purpose or the direction, uh, the path that you're to walk on, the action that you're to take, the decisions that you're to make in your life so the Holy Spirit can give you this inner witness in your spirit or in your heart. So then we'll pick it up here in uh, John chapter 16. In John 16 verse 12, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. The Amplified Bible says that you cannot grasp them now. So Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. They're in red if you have a red letter edition of, of the Bible. So indicating these are the words of Jesus. He said, I have many things to say to you. I want to say some things to you, but you're not able to grasp them or bear them at this 
point in your life. So he's telling them, but there's another answer here because verse 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into what? All truth. Everybody say all truth. So the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Primarily that would have to do with the truth of God's word. So the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you into all truth. And the Word of God is the basis of all Christianity, all of Christian life, and would also include your being guided or directed by God. So He always, well, what? His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. So the Holy Spirit enlightens you uh, to the Word of God, and that will lead you and guide you on the right path of life. So he said, he, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. So we uh, use the illustration or uh, example of a tour guide. Uh, a tour guide then would give you a guide of a certain land or certain area, uh, certain uh, uh, maybe a, a national park or uh, perhaps uh, in our case we went to Israel. It was a tour guide that led us around Israel and told us where to go and showed us things that we would never see without a tour guide. We would never know what we were looking at if we did see it, right? But the Holy Spirit then uh, helps us to see things that we would not otherwise see or know or understand or have any perception of or knowledge of. So the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Then, of course, any truth, anything that's true has its origin in God. Again, anything that's true has its origin in God. And so uh, the Holy Spirit could guide you into other matters of truth as well. So then, but the Bible always being the solid foundation of all truth. Now then, we'll go further. He says, for he shall, the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he shall not speak of himself. Or Amplified says, on his own authority. Another translation said, on his own initiative. So the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own authority or initiative, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Whatever the Holy Spirit hears, that shall he speak. Where is he going to hear it from? He's going to hear it from the Father God. So whatever the Holy Spirit hears from the Father, that's what he's going to speak. He's going to direct you in line with the will of God. Holy Spirit will never lead you outside of the Bible. Or in, con- uh, in contrast to the Bible. He will not contradict the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will not lead you outside of the Word. So the Holy Spirit will always lead you in the confines or the uh, parameters of the Bible or the Word of God. So when the Holy Spirit is leading you, you can always test it some by the Word. Amen. The Spirit of truth is always going to lead you in line with the truth. So he says that he... The Holy Spirit's not going to speak on his own initiative, but he's going to speak what he hears, basically what he hears the Father say. Jesus lived that kind of life. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they're the Father's. The Father, Father's works. The works that I do, they're the Father's works. In other words, he dwells in me, he gives me the words, and he gives me the works. And the anointing of God on me, the Father. So, Jesus even acknowledged That his words were the Father's words. His works were the Father's works. Well, now the Holy Spirit is hearing from the Father the direction. 
Uh, you just think about the second uh, when uh, the Lord's coming. He's coming, and He's going to take His bride, His church. That no man knows the day nor the hour, but my Father. It's a pretty big deal. Amen. That's gonna uh, that's gonna take the church out of here. So when He says it's time, if you're hanging out here, I'm saying goodbye. It's going to be a so quick goodbye you didn't hear it. Because I'm out of here, right? I'm leaving this place. When Jesus comes, trumpet sounds, there's not going to be any hesitation. I don't have any bags to pack. And I don't have any pre-packed bags. I'm just ready. How many are ready? Well, when the Father says it's time, it's time. Praise God. All right, so... Whatever the Holy Spirit says, he's in cooperation with, he's conveying to us, he's representing the Father, he's representing Jesus. Jesus said when when he was getting ready to leave, he said, I'll leave you another comforter, which means another like unto myself. So here Jesus is going to leave the Holy Spirit for us, and he said when he has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth, and he will teach you what? All things, according to John 14, he'll teach you all things. He'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever he said, whatever I've said unto you, Jesus said. Well, now he says in uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to speak on his own initiative. He's going to speak what he hears the Father say. And then he said the latter part of the verse, and he will show you things to come. He's going to show you things to come. Well, then the Amplified says things that are going to happen in the future. So he's going to show you some things in your future. Praise God forever. You know the Holy Spirit knows your life. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. And God has a plan for your future. How many are glad God has a plan for your future? He knows what's up. He knows what's around the corner, so to speak. He knows what the future holds, and he knows what his plan is for your life. He knows where you're to be, who you're to be with, who you're to be hanging with, who you're to be in association with. He knows where you're to be. He knows when you're to be there. He knows the timing. He knows everything about your life, and God has an amazing plan. I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, and they are for good and not for evil. He said, I know the things, the plans. I know the plans. Well, the Holy Spirit wants you to know. So, uh, you know, when you know, then you can, you can go. I mean, when you, can, uh, when you know what, the, uh, what to do, then you can act on what to do. So he says here in this verse that he will show you or reveal to you things that are in your future. What does your future hold? What is the plan of God for your life? And where do you fit in the plan of God? Amen. So we can be confident the Holy Spirit will lead us in the plan of God or the purpose of God for our future. So that would be larger items, wouldn't you think? For the most part. And what does your future hold? What are you going to do in the future? What is God's plan for your life? Let's go to John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, we're going to uh, begin with verse 2. John chapter 10, verse 2. It says, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, this particular passage where it's talking about the shepherd is talking about Jesus. Uh, 
So it's talking about Jesus being the shepherd of the sheep. Uh, Jesus is referred to in Scripture as the chief shepherd. Well, if you got a chief shepherd, you must have some other shepherds. How could you be a chief? You didn't have anybody under your authority, right? So he's the chief shepherd, and uh, he's the bishop of our souls. So Jesus is the chief shepherd. He's the bishop of our souls, which means he's the overseer of our soul. So he gives oversight to our soul. Now, Jesus is the shepherd of the sheep. The Lord is, David, the psalmist said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. So the Lord is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd, and he wants us to be able to follow his lead. Now, obviously, there are other shepherds, under shepherds, under Jesus, who is the chief shepherd. And so, Jesus, when he ascended up on high, Ephesians chapter, uh, what, chapter 4, when Jesus ascended up on high, he gave gifts unto men, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. The word pastors there is the same, uh, describing the same office as a shepherd. Sometimes it calls them a shepherd, sometimes it calls them a pastor in Scripture. And so... Uh, God gives us shepherds, according to the Scripture, after his heart. So God set shepherds in the body of Christ, and part of their job is to teach the body of Christ and teach that particular local church, especially if they're a pastor or a shepherd, is to teach that local church and how, uh, as they teach the local church or the body in that uh, particular church, as they're teaching that body, then that body is perfected. That individual and that body is perfected. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for, for what? The perfecting of the saints. And how does that happen? As they're taught the word, they're being perfected. So perfecting of the saints, so then the saints could do the work of the ministry. And then the saints are able to do what they are called to do, and the gifts and callings of God thrive in their life, and they're able to effectively serve in the kingdom of God. Well, then, he says, the last thing that happens as a result is that the body of Christ is edified or built up. And so, the body of Jesus is edified. So, Jesus, in this case, is the shepherd that is being referred to, but then he has under-shepherds that help people to grow spiritually and develop and to experience God's best will in their life. Amen. All right, so in this verse, he says, uh, verse 3, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. So then sheep are able to hear his voice. As many as are led by what? The Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. So any, any child of God, any born-again believer has the potential, has uh, the ability to hear the voice of God. But it is a developed art. In other words, we all grow in it. But you could be a young believer and you could hear the voice of God. Or you could, you could follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be 20 years old in the Lord to be able to listen to God. But if you're 20 years old in the Lord, you should be further along than somebody that has just been born again recently. You should be further along spiritually so that you could hear and know uh, clearly this is the voice of God. And be able to distinguish whether or not Holy Spirit is leading you or talking to you. Right, So we're growing 
in grace and in God, but any believer has the potential, but it is a developed thing so that we can learn to be more efficient and more effective in our listening to God and following the Holy Spirit's voice. Amen? Or Jesus' voice, our shepherd. All right, so how does God speak to us? We already saw that, right? As many as are led by the what? Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. His Spirit bears witness with our what? Spirit that we're the children of God. So Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So the way Jesus is going to talk to us, Father's going to talk to us, is by this inward Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. Amen. Can you say, yes, Jesus could show up in person, but most people don't have those experiences. Just go ahead and say that again. Most people don't have those experiences. (laughs) Jesus has never appeared to me and showed up and, you know, he did with Brother Hagin on a number of occasions, but Jesus has never appeared to me and and, and talked to me. I believe he is, the Holy Spirit has talked to me. I believe Jesus is talking to me because the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are all working together. So it's a cooperative effort, right? So God's talking to you. Jesus is talking to you, but primarily the Holy Spirit, when he has come, When he has come, he will do what? He will guide you into all truth, but he'll also show you things to come, right? So the Holy Spirit is going to do what Jesus would do if he was here. All right, so the Holy Spirit is abiding in you, living in you, and you can know the voice of God because he says that my sheep hear his voice, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his sheep by name. In other words, it's a personal relationship, fellowship with Jesus, with God, through the Holy Spirit. You can uh, have a fellowship with God on a personal basis, and God refers to you by name. So distinctly, I mean, you know, in the book of Revelation, God says he's going to give you a new name, and a new name that nobody knows but he and you. Now, that's getting pretty personal, Right? That God's going to give you a name that no one else knows. But you and the Father. You and Jesus. So uh, God wants to be intimate with every individual. And God wants to lead you as an individual. And every individual can be led by the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go on. He says he calls them by name. And leadeth them out. And leads them. Well, he calls them by name and leads them. Let's go to verse 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. First it says that they, they hear his voice. Well, you couldn't know someone's voice if you never heard it. So you got to hear the voice in order to know the voice. And the more you get to know someone, and, you know, someone could walk in the room if you know them very well, and they just said something. You would know their voice. You'd recognize their voice. Why? Because you're accustomed to their voice. You've heard their voice over and over and over and over again. And you could be in a room full of people and you could hear them. Everybody has their signature. And one of your signatures is your voice. Nobody's voice is exactly alike. People can try to uh, imitate someone, but, you know, no one's voice is 100% exact to someone else's. Your voice print can be your identity. And so we identify the voice. There are many voices in the world. And the scripture actually says that. 
in 1 Corinthians, there are many voices in the world. None of them is without signification, meaning that you can identify what voice it is. So the voice of the Holy Spirit or the voice of God in your life, you can identify that it's His voice. You can hear His voice, and you can know His voice, and you can know that God is talking to you. Praise God. Now, He says you will know His voice, and of course, you follow Him. You follow His voice. Then He says, a stranger... Will they not follow? There are some strange people in the world. There are strangers out there. And then they have a voice. And there's demonic vo- uh, voices. You know, we don't listen to them. But probably everybody in the room has listened to them. And didn't, in some cases, know that they were listening to them. In other words, people do some really... Let's just be honest. Dumb things. And sometimes they blame the Lord for it. They say the Lord told them that. You know, that's an unfortunate reality. But he says here, a stranger will they not follow, but will what? Flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. They know not the voice. That voice is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not the voice of Jesus. It's not God's voice to them. And they've heard God's voice and they've become aware of God's voice. And they've learned to know His voice. Right? You hear it until you know it. And then when you know it, then you can follow it. Now, what do we say? The inner witness is an inner knowing. That's one of the things we said about an inward witness is an inward knowing, an inward assurance, an inward confidence. So then when it comes to the voice of the Lord and the Holy Spirit working in your heart, working in you to know, then you're able to recognize the voice of a stranger. Now sometimes the devil, he's a, uh, he, he comes, the scripture says, as an angel of light. In other words, he sometimes shows up like he's, he's got the light on, but he's dark. He's a liar. He's a manipulator. He's a deceiver. So if he's a liar and the father of it, then the whole idea about lying is that you want somebody to believe you. And if they believe you when you're lying, then they're deceived. So the idea of the devil coming as an angel of light or trying to convince somebody that it's maybe the Lord talking to them. Then, you know, sometimes he does that, and he does that quite often. So you need to be able to recognize his voice and the difference in the voice of this world and the spirit of this world, the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you, being able to recognize, distinguish between the voices of this world and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's a learned art, it's a developed skill, and it's something you have to work on. It's something you have to uh, do again and again. It's a daily exercise. Now, uh, you know, when we talk about daily exercise, because an inner witness you may have uh, every day to some degree, right? Uh, As far as a word from God, the Holy Spirit giving you a major word from God, that's probably not going to happen every day. In other words, it's going to change the direction of your life or get you on a major course to accomplish the will of God for your life. That's not going to happen every day. Otherwise, you'd be a little confused. Oh, over here? Now, God, now? No, no. And some people, they get a little confused in that way because they think the Lord's talking to them and saying major things to them every day. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you can have an inner witness, an inner guidance, 
throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your month, throughout your year. But major turning points of your life are going to be times when the Holy Spirit just really settles a word in your heart, generally speaking. Okay? And so, uh, the Holy Spirit being your guide, you want to acknowledge Him. The first step to really listening to God is acknowledging Him. Right? Acknowledge. If, you, if someone wanted to talk to you, uh, then you got to acknowledge them in order to listen. That's a first step to listening. You know, sometimes people talk and other people don't listen. Let's say if your boss comes in and someone who is your supervisor uh, and they come in and, and they start talking and you're not acknowledging them, then you're probably not listening. But one of the steps to success is pay attention. It's true. One of the steps to success is just pay attention, especially to somebody that's over you, somebody that has authority in your life. So when someone is speaking to you, then you want to acknowledge them in order to really listen intently to what they're saying, because if you don't get the information or the communication, then you're not likely to fulfill the duty or whatever is being instructed. Right? You're not going to be accurate in it if you didn't hear the instruction. So spiritually, if we don't hear God's instruction, then we don't, uh, we don't get it. We don't listen. And how many people have missed their cues when the Holy Spirit was trying to communicate with them? And he was trying to get a message to them or guide them or direct them and order their steps. And they missed their cues. They didn't pay attention. So acknowledging the Lord in your life is key to you being able to listen. And if you listen, then you can know if it's his voice, right? And if you know his voice because you heard his voice and you know his voice, then you can follow his lead. You can't follow Jesus very effectively. If you can't hear his voice, right? So the Holy Spirit being our guide, he's leading us, he's guiding us. And then if you're not able to listen to his voice, because there's so many voices in the world, you're probably going to hear a stranger's voice. The devil obviously takes advantage of people that are uh, not uh, in tune to the Holy Spirit, in tune to the Word of God. All right, so, for example, I just saw on the news there was uh, someone that hacked into a, a security system in someone's home, and they said to the little girl in a room, they're actually looking in the cameras, you know, and they're talking to her, and they, uh, they said that they were Santa Claus. <clears throat> that would be cute if it wasn't some stranger. You know, but it's some stranger that's hacked into the system, security system, and sees this little girl in her bedroom and is talking to her. Now, this little girl had enough intuition to tell her parents. Not every little girl would, but this little girl had enough intuition that she talked to her parents. And so... Uh, sometimes you gotta, you got to recognize when other voices are coming into the room, so to speak. Other voices are coming into your life because they're trying to sway you or distract you or deceive you or lie to you or persuade you or uh, get you away from your father's voice. 
And the Holy Spirit is the one that communicates what the Father is saying. So uh, sometimes the devil is trying to distract you by other voices, and you've got to be able to recognize any strange voice that doesn't lead you to your Father's voice. Doesn't lead you to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we could include in that because, you know, sometimes people uh, have the idea, you know, I can be led by the Holy Spirit so I don't have to listen to anybody. Well, that's about the worst thing you can do is to think you don't now need someone else to talk to you or communicate with you because Jesus is a chief shepherd, but he also has under shepherds, somebody that can speak into your life that the Holy Spirit could use to help you to stay on track because sometimes the devil's messing with the person's mind and they're thinking it's the Holy Spirit and they come in here and the Holy Spirit uh, adjusts them. The Holy Spirit uses their pastor's voice and their, pa- and their shepherd in the in the natural you know in other words you got a, a voice of a shepherd that can help you to when when the devil's messing with your mind and trying to lead you off course or it's a strange voice and the holy spirit gets you right back on course and if you've listened to your pastor's voice over any length of time then you know the holy spirit has helped you tweaked you and got you back online in your thinking because the devil, he doesn't just access your spirit at any moment, he can, but he can talk to your mind. He can get you thinking certain ways and, and get people off course in that way, and it's a strange voice. Amen. And so Holy Spirit can help you and, and help you make the adjustments because everybody needs a shepherd over them and someone that can speak into their life. No, a true shepherd is not endeavoring to control everybody. A true shepherd is endeavoring to do what the Holy Spirit does, lead you into green pastures and keep you out of the wolf's mouth. Because there are wolves, and wolves come to eat, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they like to dine on sheep. So they like lamb chops, and so they, they come to eat. So wolves try to take advantage or devour the sheep. So you got to recognize, and if, if you ever have any wolf's tendencies, I said if you ever have any wolf's tendencies, you want to devour the sheep, you might want to consider which side you're on right now. Right. Amen. If you want to lure them away from the flock, you, want, you might want to consider whose side you're on right now. You're on the wolf's side. So if you get on the wolf's side, try to lure sheep away and try to devour them. Come on then you know you're not on the right side. So you want to get back on the right side and get on God's side. Because sometimes, you know, some people get a little prideful and they think, well, you know, I I want them to follow me. Well, when they start following you, what are you going to do? Number one, you're not called to do what you're trying to do. So you mess up people's lives. And so the Holy Spirit then gives you a shepherd, gives you somebody, and a shepherd not only feeds the flock, the shepherd leads the flock, and the shepherd protects the flock. So a shepherd is going to oversee the flock and is going to watch out for their good. And so, uh, you know, a shepherd like David, what did he do? When the bear came, he killed the bear. When the lion came, he killed the lion. He didn't just sit over there and eat his snacks and say, well, whatever happens, it just happens. No, he, he went after that bear. He went after that lion and said, no, you can't, you can't eat my sheep, right? Because he's a good shepherd. 
And the good shepherd actually gives his life, according to Jesus in this context, Jesus gives his life for the sheep. A hireling, well, he, he'll run off. He'll just say, well, I'm a little scared right now, you know. But a real shepherd is going to watch over the flock, and a real shepherd is going to take care of the bear and the lion if they're trying to eat the sheep, or the wolf is trying to eat the sheep. We're going to take care of business. Why? Because they're sheep that belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. So then, that's what a shepherd, part of what a shepherd does. But so if a person, number one, acknowledges Jesus, acknowledges the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit can lead them as an individual. Then if they acknowledge their pastor and acknowledge uh, the gifts and callings of God that Jesus has said in the church, then the Holy Spirit could use their pastor to help them and keep them on course as well. Then you acknowledge the body of Christ. You acknowledge one another because sometimes the Holy Spirit may use another person. doesn't mean that they get to tell you everything that you're supposed to do. No more than a pastor tells you everything that you're supposed to do. But that person may have some insight and may be able to encourage you along a good path or a right path for your life. And could also help uh, discourage you from listening to a stranger's voice. Or somebody that was trying to lead you away from the flock. Or lead you uh, into uh, a path that was not healthy for your spiritual life. So Holy Spirit could use another individual as well. Amen? So everybody needs people in their life. So we're not just like the Lone Ranger. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto. So don't... You know, so you got to have some help in your life, and the Holy Spirit is your helper, but also your pastor is your helper, and other believers are your helper as well. They're there to assist and help us. That's why it says, do not forsake the assemblings of yourself together as a manner of some is. He says, but you are to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a man of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, you need the body of Christ. So when we talk about being led by the Holy Spirit and listening to the voice of God, we're not talking about an independent spirit listening. Okay, I'm just going to listen to Jesus. Just me and Jesus. We got our own thing going. And, and, you know, we don't need the church. You hear that phrase. I've heard it for years all my life. People say, well, you know, I'm following the Lord, but I don't don't." don't need to go to church to do that. Well, uh, according to Jesus, you do. According to the Bible, you need the church and you need a pastor and you need people in your life. You need the body of Christ according to Jesus and according to the Bible. So we want to stick with the Bible. Praise the Lord. And so one, one uh, guy, Pastor Mark, tells uh, about this person. He were out to, they were out to eat. And uh, this, uh, they were witnessing to the waiter and, and talking to him about, you know, coming to church. They're preaching at this church in this uh, area. And so, so they were preaching at this church. And, and the guy said, well, we don't believe, I don't believe in organized religion. He said, well, you'll fit right in in this church because it's very disorganized. <laughs> so just come on. I don't believe in organized religion. Well, it's disorganized, so just kind of, you know, when you, when you preach at different places, you find some are more organized than other places. So, so it's a disorganized church, so come on. Uh, but the reality is everybody needs a local church. Everybody needs a body of Christ. And if we kind of think we're independent uh, to everyone else, then that is not the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit didn't teach you that. The Holy Spirit didn't guide you down that path, and the Holy Spirit never will. 
Should I say it again? The Holy Spirit never will. Should I say that again? The Holy Spirit never will. Because it's the Word. You know, if you stay with the Bible, that's your first test if the Holy Spirit is leading you. First test of whether or not the Holy Spirit is leading you, does it align itself with the Word of God? Because the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you what into all truth. And so if He's going to guide you into all truth, He's always going to guide you in line with the Bible. Praise God. All right, so let's go uh, to another uh, verse of Scripture over in the book of Proverbs. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. In Proverbs 3, we're going to go to verse 23. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. That's in Psalms. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 4. It says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. In the sight of what? God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. So notice that, you know, in our teaching on uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. His Spirit bears witness with our what? Spirit, that we are the children of God. Uh, The Spirit of man is the what? Candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the valley. So Holy Spirit deals with your spirit. Holy Spirit witnesses with your spirit. He says, acknowledge the Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So notice he didn't say with all your head. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your what? Own understanding. Your own understanding could take you down a thousand different paths. Right? But the Word of God will lead you down the right path. Your own understanding could take you down a lot of different paths and a lot of different ways in your life. But the Holy Spirit will guide you on the path that God has planned for your life. So he said... Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. And instead of leaning to your mind and your emotions, lean to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm leaning on you. I'm trusting in you. The next verse says, acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways. Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways. Now, if you think about that, he said, do this Acknowledge God in all of your ways. That would be the minor areas of your life. That could be the major decisions of your life. Some people's whole guidance system is in their brain. Everything's about the natural understanding. It's all about what I got planned, what I'm going to do with my life, and what my future holds. I've got it all figured out. And then the Holy Spirit would like to sometimes interrupt you and say, You know, I have some other thoughts about your life. I have some other plans for your life. So there's something bigger that God has. He's not trying to take from you. He's trying to add to you. He's trying to do something that will always bless your life. So the Holy Spirit would like some of your attention. He said, acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways. So in other words, when you're going through life, acknowledging God along the way. Maybe the major decisions and then in the fulfillment of those major decisions. There's uh, ways that you can acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge God along the way. Because, uh, you know, sometimes you could be doing the right thing but doing it the wrong way. Yeah. 
You could be doing the right thing or doing it at the wrong time. So your timing's off. So Holy Spirit then wants you to acknowledge Him throughout your life, throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your month, throughout your year, throughout your five-year plan, your ten-year plan. You know, like, God, I got it figured out. I'm good. You know, that it's, it's okay to plan some things for your life. But just remember God may have some ways that he wants you to go and things that he wants you to do. And trust him to guide you and direct you. Are you with me? So he said, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, remember, acknowledgement is the first step to listening. I said, acknowledgement is the first step to listening. Because if you don't acknowledge, then you're not stopping to listen. But if you're acknowledging God and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Holy Spirit, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And always be open that it, it, doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to fit into your plan. In other words, he may just, mm, let's change this plan totally. Or he may just tweak your plan. Or he might just talk to you about the timing. He may do a lot of things to help you along your life's way. God has a good plan for your life. I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. So God has good plans, and he wants you to be able to know his voice. He wants you to be able to hear his voice, and he wants you to be able to follow his lead. Praise God. So acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will do what? And he shall direct your paths. He will direct your paths. So God will direct your path. Let's go, your paths. So that would mean all of the different paths. I'm going to go uh, to uh, Psalm 37 quickly because I want you to see this verse before we close. Psalm 37. And in Psalm 37, verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amplified says, directed and established by the Lord. So the steps of a good man, look at your neighbor say, you're a good man or a woman? I mean, figure out which it is first. So. All right, you're a good person. All right, that'll work. The steps of a good man or woman or person are ordered by the Lord. The steps, your steps are ordered by God. If you desire to please God, you want to walk with God, your steps will be ordered by the Lord, and He, God, will delight in His way. When you follow God, God will be happy. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. He said, even though he falls, the Lord will uphold him. Wow, so God, you know, sometimes you you, you got to take steps of faith. You believe Holy Spirit is talking to you. You believe God is directing your steps, and you're going to step out in faith. I mean, look at Peter. He's sitting in a boat with all the other disciples, but he's the only one that mentioned anything about going on the water. Right? And, all, you know, most people say, well, because of his lack of faith, he sank, and that's true. But, you know, he did get out of the boat. And he did walk on the water and stood he start, until he started looking around at the waves and all this going on around him. Then he started sinking. But when he did, he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretched out his hand and saved him, lifted him up, and he walked back to the boat. Some say, well, the Bible doesn't actually say he walked back to the boat, but he did get back to the boat. 
Can you imagine Jesus dragging him through the water? By the time he gets to the boat, he's all he's dead. He's drowned. No, he got out of the water and he walked back to the boat with Jesus. Got in the boat and all the other disciples. How did that happen? He started walking on one word from God. Jesus said, come, and he got out of the boat based on one word from God. When you have a word from God, clarity from the Holy Spirit, you can get out of your little comfort zone, your little boat that says, this is my restricted place. No, God has a plan that's bigger than your plan, is better than your plan, and if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll put you in the right place at the right time with the right people, doing the right thing, getting the right results, and you'll be glad you took a step of faith in obedience to the Holy Spirit, His voice in your life. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody say, God's good.